0: Welcome to the Golden Heart Rising Podcast. I am Tara Kabatoff, and I will be offering guidance for breaking free from past conditioning, programming, beliefs, and to step into your authentic power. Hello there. Welcome to my very first podcast recording. So this is episode one, and this is my story. I thought I would start this podcast series with opening up and sharing a bit of my past and who I am, what made me who I am today, and all of the experiences along the way. And before I get into the story, I also want to be very um, transparent that everything that I've gone through, I am going to share some of my difficulties, um, because it is very much reflective who I am. And with the work that I'm doing, it is tied to The experiences in my life, everything that I've learned, um, all of the words of wisdom that I use in my work uh, comes from my life experience, and I'm going to discuss a little bit about this. But I also want to um, include a message that I have completely healed and. Come to terms with a lot of my past events. I don't want to stay completely healed because it is an ongoing process. But a lot of the experiences that I've gone through my past, uh, especially dealing with family, everything has been resolved. Uh, the stories that I am going to share are not reflective of being a victim. Are not reflective of me holding on to any emotional attachments or resentment because of my past. Everything has completely resolved. And I've gone through the work, and it has taken years and years for me to come to a place where I am ready to talk about it in a way of not being emotionally affected by my past. Um, it, I held on to it for many years uh, in a very unhealthy way. But through the work that I now do, uh, the, through the work that I teach and my healing work, uh, because of the work that I have done, I'm now at a place of understanding, of forgiveness. And that has allowed me to move into a very expansive and very stable and strong space within myself and to allow for greater life experiences. So moving into my story, uh, this is going to be as short as possible. I'm not going to go into many details. Uh, I'm going to leave out quite a lot, but I am going to touch on, I feel, the most important uh, aspects of my story to hopefully inspire, uh, hopefully relate, and hopefully connect with some of you out there in a way to let you know that you are not alone with the experiences that you've gone through with yourself, with your family, that we have all gone through traumas and situations and experiences in life that has shaped us to who we are today but it's through these challenges and it's through these moments in life that we can reflect on and grow from that are, that shape us uh, to who we are today and will shape our future moving forward. So if we hold on to a lot of these stories from our past, or if we shove them under the rug and don't face them, then these stories play out in ways of limiting beliefs, limiting ourselves limiting our full potential, limiting our experiences, coming out as triggers, coming out as resentment in other forms of our life. So going back to childhood, now, I'm going to keep this short. I'm not going to go into every detail of my life because we only have so much time here. And for the sake of your time, I'm going to keep it as short as possible. But I'm going to touch on some important pieces that I feel offer guidance for healing and transformation and for the human experience. Now, I was born into a Russian family of immigrants. And I do feel that this plays out in many ways of ancestral wounds, of historical wounds um, that have been passed down from generation to generation, into my generation, uh, into my life, and I have one brother, I have a a mother and father, they are not together anymore. Um, When I was brought into this family, I have actually gone into some regression work where I know that before I even landed into this family, um, I felt the traumas of this family. And I remember even my mom, I feel it was a couple of years ago, she was reflecting on what it was like to be a mother um, when I was born. And she asked me, did you know how much I loved you when you were little? And or maybe when I was born. And I said, all I remember is, I remember the trauma that I felt and this has been my blessing and my curse for my entire life of feeling pain and feeling hurt and feeling love and feeling all of it. My my abilities to feel run so deep into people and into myself, um, but it was my curse for my entire life. And it was something that almost killed me because of these sensitivities that I've had dealing with people and dealing with matters in life, um, and not having the tools to understand how to work through situations or or understand situations in a healthy way. And so when I was young, um, I, I remember childhood being fairly okay, I think. But when I moved into being a young teenager, Uh, It was really, really difficult. Um, I'll probably start, I think it was around age 13 or 14, where the family was very, very toxic. And there was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of detachments. There was a lot of, um, I mean, emotional detachments. I don't feel love was really there from a way, from a a place of meaningful love, uh, from a place of unconditional or pure purity, I would say. It was very conditional. Love for me was, if I do something for you, then you owe me. Uh, there was always a price to pay with love. Um, it was a very patriarchal, very conservative, very rigid, very emotionally manipulative and abusive Family dynamic. And for myself, um, I remember seeing things in the truth that they were. And I have a very direct and very uh, strong personality. And I fought, I fought it the whole way, because I could see the truth. And I could see and understand things from a, a place of clarity. But I was not allowed to speak, and I was not allowed to stand up for myself or the situation. So I feel that the immigration, the immigrant family dynamic uh, played in as a huge factor because of the really hard lifestyle um, that my ancestor, ancestry came from, landing in Canada from from Russia, fleeing the war, And having this really hard lifestyle of struggle and just really oppressed, suppressed, repressed culture um, played out in this family dynamic. And over time, the control and oppression and suppression and, and so on really was very hard on me. Uh, control and oppression, suppression, repression, whatever you want to call it is a very soul crushing way of life. Um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of us have experienced it on some level because that has been part of our society. And for myself, it was very, very stifling and very constrictive for for me. And so I went the other way and I rebelled. And I was constantly fighting it uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, all of it. And being extremely sensitive, it really played a toll on myself. Um, So I started becoming very detached at school. Although I got along very well with a lot of people, I really did not like school. I found it very boring. I didn't like institutional systems. Sorry about that. I think you're going to catch a dog barking in the background. I didn't like institutional systems. Uh, that For me at that time, it felt very archaic, felt very meaningless in some kind of way. I don't know how to describe it. I had a very difficult time fitting into the system. So school for me was, yes, it was boring. It lacked, I lacked interest. Uh, although I liked the social aspect, I liked, <laughs> I liked the social socializing part of it. However, uh, because of what was happening at home, which was growing in severity with toxicity, and there was a lot of fighting in the house between my parents, between us. I mean, I was, it was just nonstop and it was just weighing on me so heavily. And I started becoming detached at school and my grades started slipping and I just didn't really care about performance or about my results and the only the only solution that a psychiatrist could come up with was that I had a learning disability so I was put into a school for learning disabled now I enjoyed it. It was a be- it was a private school. It was it was beautiful beautiful place to go. It was quiet. You had uh, we all had um very uh you know small classrooms, a lot of attention. Uh, and I actually quite liked it. I think I spent 2 years there. And when I went back into the regular school system, I felt inadequate and I felt that I was basically stupid and that I would not measure up to anything, essentially. So I felt a bit of an outcast. And before the end of high school, probably when I was 16, 17, I got mixed up in a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs, a lot of, again, rebellion at home, because I couldn't live there anymore. It was crushing my soul. So I left, I think I moved out when I was 17 years old, I had a very toxic relationship at that time as well. But um, because there was so much fighting between my parents, that was the relationship that I fell into, um, was was my first relationship was very, is very toxic. Um, And it just kept continuing from there, because I lacked the ability to understand myself and to understand the reality of the situation from an outside perspective or even just having the tools for guidance, really. So I went into a downward spiral uh, for years, for years. I eventually ended up getting out, went back to school and furthered my education. I landed a very decent job with a reputable marketing and digital marketing agency, working on very high level client And during that time, because the situation of my past of having a learning disability and all the struggles that I went through after that was something I hid and I tried to hide it very well. I don't know if I hid it all too well, but I feel that I did a good job enough to inspire me to work extra hard to prove that I was capable. And I always had this feeling inside that I knew I could achieve great success, but there was a big but. I had imposter syndrome. I felt that someone was going to see the truth of who I was, that I wasn't smart, that I was inadequate, that I was, uh, my my self-confidence was so incredibly low. I couldn't even speak in front of people because I grew up in a household where because I felt I was stupid, I wasn't heard, I wasn't um respected, I was constantly corrected by one of my parents um, with regards to things that I would say. Uh education was very important in the household, so I didn't feel that I really measured up. So I was so self-conscious about what I said, I would overthink my words. To death, so that I would be paralyzed or I wouldn't be able to speak my truth or speak my knowledge or wisdom in a way of clarity because I was paranoid about anything that I would say. So for me to speak in front of people was horrifying, horrifying. I would shake. I would just, a one-on-one was okay, but if it was three or four or more, I just was, I really had a hard time. Communicating uh, my ideas or having a voice in any kind of way, even though I knew what to do and knew what to say, it just wouldn't come out at all uh, the way I would hope or at all. Period. And this followed me around for many years. Now, over the years, I ended up working for many uh, high level agencies. Um, I had a hard time. Uh, I, I liked the work. I really liked the work. I liked thinking outside the box. I liked challenging myself. I really enjoyed working on some of these clients. But over time, I felt that it was hard for me to align with a lot of the clients and the purpose of the work to gain people's interest to buy things that they truly don't need or to fit a lifestyle where they lose themselves in the brand or in the marketing in a way of trying to be like the people that they might see on TV or in the advertisements or so on and so forth. So it basically is building a an identity and building a story, hitting those trigger points within their needs to get them to feel that they need to be part of that culture, that they need to be part of that brand, that they need to buy that thing to make them feel satisfied in life. And I felt this for years, and it was really difficult for me to really become engaged with what I was doing, even though I enjoyed some of the work and I enjoyed, you know, some of the people, I enjoyed some of the culture, some, not all. There was also a flip side to it. It was also very toxic. There was a lot of drinking. Um, There were a lot of people who were miserable at work, a very toxic culture, a lot of it too, Um, some some of the places I was working in anyway. And I got to this point where I was really struggling with the lack of meaning. So I left and that that whole situation of me leaving that uh, career path, <laughs> I got laid off from one company that I was, I, quite frankly, I was glad I got laid off. It was a long time coming. Um, it, I, I overstayed my time there. Uh, a lot of my my peers, my friends, uh, colleagues left and um, it was a very toxic work culture. A lot of people were very unhappy. I wanted out, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do next. I had no idea who I was. I didn't know what, I, I was torn between two worlds. I was torn between um, wanting a job to say I had status, I had uh, to say I had this great job at X agency working on these clients. And it was all the ego It was all trying to impress it was all trying to be someone it was all trying to achieve something it was all trying to be part of this culture of awards and trying to fit into that that I was so used to, but it was so not me. And then there was the other side of me that wanted to do something meaningful, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know who I was because my entire life, I was trying to be someone I wasn't. I was trying to prove myself. I was working extra hard to prove that I was smart, to prove that I was successful, to prove to be seen and to be accepted because I didn't have that. I didn't have that growing up. So I was always chasing something. And when I left or when I got laid off from from one of the companies, which was truthfully a blessing in disguise, I didn't know what to do next. So so I went back into it. I went back into the agency world and I went into one company as a, a contractor and it was at 2008 when the recession hit in the United States and it did affect Canada. I was in Toronto at the time although it in Toronto you didn't really see it you didn't really feel a recession you didn't see it like people were still shopping and the city was still moving it was still the same as it always was and oh however there were a lot of companies if if there were companies that had american offices they very well could be affected they could have been affected by that recession so the next three companies that i worked with all shut down their American offices and I got laid off. And one, I was actually due to uh, had a contract in Austin, Texas, and I was going to move there. And all of a sudden they went MIA and their office eventually uh, shut down. And there was one after one after that with an LA, I know it was the San Francisco office that, that closed down as well. So I got laid off uh, three times <laughs> essentially. And I wasn't seeing the message. I wasn't meant to be there, but I wasn't paying attention. I didn't know. I didn't take, I mean, I didn't have the tools. And although the whole time, and I have to also clarify that I've always been a searcher. I've always been searching for meaning, for meaning within life, for meaning within mysteries, for meaning within myself. I've been searching. I mean, I went my first meditation retreat when I was 30 years old. And I've always been curious about these things and about more, more to life. It was very, very lonely lifestyle. I had a very lonely life. It was very, very difficult for me to relate to people. It was very difficult for me to find my, I don't know if you want to call people or situations that I could really fit in. It was very difficult very, very difficult. And if you are spiritualist, if you are a healer, if you are an empath, I'm sure you can relate. It's a lonely, lonely path, very lonely. So I spent a lot of time alone. Um, But at the end of my trip in Toronto, I did work for a company, they did want to extend my contract, I was miserable, I was really not happy there. It was a very, very well known agency, very top high end and I was just done. So I quit my contract, I packed up my things and I drove all the way across Canada with a friend of mine, all the way to Western Canada and parked myself there. And at the time I was also bike racing. I was getting into bike racing. I loved it Uh, and I pursued it for some time. I ended up working with an Olympic uh, coach from South Africa and he was incredible. And I learned a lot about my body. Uh, I spent a lot of time on the road, riding my bike and processing and just becoming one with myself. And that probably started the process of slowly spending time by myself and understanding who I am, processing information letting go and understanding i mean i had a lot of attachments to family i had a lot of stuff coming up a lot of resentment a lot a lot of resentment a lot of anger um i was also drinking a lot which wasn't great but i just wasn't healthy i wasn't my mindset was not healthy i was still very lost with myself and i ended up having uh, a severe accident during a bike race um i did quite well i i i loved it i absolutely loved my biking and i really wanted to go as far as I could. So I was aiming for a world championship. Um, I I won several races. I did quite well. I was very competitive in probably not a healthy way. But because I lacked confidence deep within myself, I had so many limitations. I had so many limiting beliefs. I had so, like, I, I mean, I was crushed inside, crushed. I couldn't even... I didn't think I was worthy of anything, anything, but there was something inside of me that kept pushing me. I wanted more. I wanted to achieve. I wanted success. I, but I, I had this, it's like a split personality. There was one side of me that wanted greatness so bad and I knew I could do it. But the other side was like, nah, you don't deserve it. And this played out for years, for years, I had the fire, I had the fight, but I couldn't believe in myself. I couldn't do it and I just it was it was this horrible way of processing life and experiencing life. So I always settled for second best or or last. <laughs> but with but with racing I did quite well. I actually did win quite a few races. I had the talent, I had the perseverance, I had the the physiology for it. I had the dedication being able to dedicate myself to a sport in that way was just it was I had all everything that I needed. The only thing that got in my way was my confidence. And there were many times where I should have done better. But that thing inside of me just held me back. And this one weekend, I ended up, uh, I feel that this also was part of that process where self-sabotage, where I ended up having a severe head injury. And it was during a race where I created the accident. Um, It was fatigue but i do believe that sometimes we can sabotage our own success in strange ways and i do feel that that could have played out in this particular race but regardless i ended up hitting the pavement headfirst um probably 30 to 40 kilometers an hour uh, in a criterium and thankfully it was in the back of the race where nobody could see so my pride was saved there however uh, I had severe road rash and a major concussion, major concussion. My I knocked myself out. I, my helmet was broken in. And I ended up walking out of it and thankfully didn't break anything. That was the only thing I could think of. Now, this whole episode was probably the start of a lot of changes in my life. I had, I was not treated right um, during the time of the accident. So I was basically sent home with some painkillers and told to have a nice day. And I didn't, I didn't understand anything about concussions. So I moved through this in the only way that I knew how I was a consultant at that time. I was working on a big contract, so I couldn't take time off and I, you know, it was computer work. So I needed to be on the computer, which definitely was not the right, right way to go, but I pushed through it and I suffered greatly because of it. I had, um, just processing information was very difficult, Um, translating information in my mind was really, really difficult speaking, processing, writing, uh, and then everything else went downhill. So for two years I started developing, uh, and what happens if you're not uh, treated right for concussion at the beginning, taking the right steps for recovery, uh, Pre existing uh, conditions will exasperate. So, depression, anxiety, stress, and like all these subconscious traumas will start surfacing in very unusual ways. And what happened was that I started becoming, um, well, not only my depression got worse, but I started developing panic attacks, uh, severe stress, severe anxiety. I couldn't even go into public spaces without feeling incredibly anxious. Um, it was hard. It was very, very difficult. Um, but by chance, uh, I was working on a fundraising event for concussion awareness. And by chance I was speaking with an osteopath, uh, a, a great doctor from, I feel he's from Guelph in Ontario, but he travels between Boston and Guelph and he's, he's extremely, extremely talented and skilled. He has his own clinic, By chance, he gave me a case study. We were just talking, we were having a conversation. And he mentioned a case study that resembled what I was going through. And it was just by chance. It was just by chance that he told me the story. And it just clicked what I was going through. I was going through, it's a two-year, very, very, very slow and subtle incline of pre-existing dispositions that you might have within your body or within your subconscious or your system that start to become, um, exasperated. So it becomes very severe and you just, it's so subtle and so slow. And that's like any chronic pain and illness that we can have and develop when these symptoms become so sneaky and they all, they, it's, they all start very subtle. It's very subtle thing. And then it gets worse and worse and you get used to it. So you can become used to it in a way of dealing with it and living with it. And just thinking it's your own thing, thinking it's your own thing. And this is the way it is. And I'm just going to have to live my life this way. You know, it's my own, my own stuff. And when it's internalized in a way of depression, anxiety, uh, uh, stress, whatever that is. It's different than uh, something that can be understood in a way of, like from a physio- physiological standpoint, something that is like a back pain or something of that nature. You can you, you can identify what that is in almost a physical way and get treatment for it. But this is different. And a lot of people who deal with depression and anxiety and stress on a severe level, internalize it and don't ask for help. It is an internal, it is hidden a lot. Um, and those who have, it can hide it very well. Uh, and it's very, 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 uh, very dark could be very dark. So through that knowing, I knew exactly what to do. Um, I started self-treating myself, I researched deeply, I spoke with neurologists, I went to get treatment, I did my own treatment, I reorganized, restructured my diets, my, my mental state, my everything, I started going inward. And this was a huge process of mine. I wanted to clean house. I wanted to fix myself. I was tired of living that way, but it took years. And am I still, am I perfect? You know, like I'm, it's still a work in progress, but I am leaps and bounds different because of the work that I've done. And I will continually put in the work to have a better life, to have better relationships, to be a better person. But the thing is, because I had such strong belief systems about myself, it didn't take until recently for me to understand the decisions that I was making. My confidence continued to decline over the years. And it went into such a bad place that I was making really, really bad decisions with everything around work, around life, around relationships because I was so lost. I was so lost with my identity, I was so lost with my ability to be in my my power to align with myself. I didn't know who I was and for many years I I said this to to people, to friends. And I feel like I felt like I was in a like when a tuning fork hits a table or whatever, and it starts reverberating, I felt like I was that tuning fork, constantly vibrating, constantly moving without finding its center, without becoming still in the center. I just was so out of balance with who I was. I I didn't feel like I had a center. And it wasn't until the last two years where I was, I put myself in a situation where yes, I was making decisions out of desperation, I was hanging on to anything that would help me get out of my situation. But it wasn't the people that were going to help me out of my situation, it had to be me. But I didn't realize it at the time. So I was grasping at everything. I was making really, really, really poor decisions, to the point where I lost everything. Everything, because I trusted all the wrong people and I wasn't listening to my intuition, but I didn't know I did I wasn't in my power. I wasn't in my place of understanding who I am and taking control of the situation. And, and I mean that in a way of taking a massive step back to align with myself and to find myself and to start to create my reality and my life based on who I am and based on what is most meaningful for me. And I, I never, never did that, had an opportunity for that until I lost everything. I packed it all in. I put my things in storage and I went to my mom's only because I had nowhere else to go. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for me to go back to that place But the property and the area that she was in was extremely, extremely nurturing and healthy for me to be in. It was the perfect place to be. And I was able to heal the relationship. So it was difficult. It took two, I was there for a year and a half, I think. It was really tough. It was really tough. But that was where I learned the tarot, where I learned my gifts, where I learned who I was, I spent a lot of time alone. I spent a lot of time working through the body healing work that I now teach, removing my traumas from the past, removing all of the stored energies and belief systems within myself and coming into a place of alignment with who I really am. And from then on, designing my life accordingly. And I went through the dark night of the soul, which was the complete death of the life that I knew which was wrong. It wasn't my life. It was an identity that wasn't mine. It was an identity formed by the construct of everything that I had experienced in life without knowing who I was and without having the ability to process the information, understand it in a way and and begin to create my life the way I wanted. So I needed to go through all of these, these points in life. Now, this is leading me to the work that I do today. And this is why it is so important for everyone to do this work. We've all gone through traumas. We have all gone through traumas. Traumas affect us in many different ways. And men and women are, we are all very, very sensitive. And if you think of us, all of us think of you as a three-year-old, two-year-old, one-year-old, absorbing so much information from your parents, from your environment, that is when it starts. When you start observing life and observing love or not love, observing relationships, observing your environment, observing your family, everything, that is where your belief systems begin. That's where the traumas start as well. Start there and then they continue on. Everything that we've, how we've been raised, how we've been taught, how we've been, how what we've experienced since a very young age, that becomes our identity, that becomes our belief system. Those energies and beliefs and traumas get stored in the body and they become ailments. They wear us down. They become diseases. They become sicknesses. They become aches and pains. And like I said, with the concussion, it we begin to just live with it. And that is why I'm very passionate about the work that I do, because we all deserve better. We all deserve quality life. And sometimes we have to make really hard decisions and come to terms with ourselves and with the relationships that we're in and make hard choices. And sometimes people don't. And that becomes the story for the rest of their life. But I didn't want that. I wanted more. I wanted to be a better person. I wanted to find myself. I didn't want to settle for second best or last. I want the best. I want it all. I want to go as far as I can. I want the best life I can possibly have. I want to be rid of the past, I want to be healed from the past. I don't want to have triggers, I don't want to feel negative, I don't want to have outbursts. I don't want to be sad and and that will play out in some way for maybe you know, it's part of our human experience that's who we are. We need emotions. We need to feel. But it was coming from a place of resentment and past conditioning and past hurt and pain and the intense energies that came from my family, it came from ancestry, histor- historical lineage. I mean, we all have that in some kind of degree. We all come from a past. So it all plays out with who we are today. And this has been my journey. I've been searching. I've been fixing. I've been exploring. I've been going into the deep, deepest depths of my own experience of humanity, of relationships, of family, of past lives, of this lives, of questioning everything. Wanting to know the truth, wanting to know what is going to work. That's going to be the best for me that can help me be better and help me let go of the past and help me heal from the past and help me find myself and create the life I want. I've been called to greatness for a long time. I know my future. The only thing that was getting in the way was myself, was my limitations, was my belief system, was having resentment, having low confidence, not believing in myself enough, not having the courage to speak my voice. It took me two years to find my voice, to do this, to go on YouTube, to have videos, to, I'm still figuring it out. I'm still finding my voice. I'm still stepping into my power, my authentic sense of self, but it gets stronger every day. And I also had to heal my heart. I had to open my heart. And our heart space is more than just love relationships. It's how we interact with the world and if our heart is closed, and if it's locked in, and if we've gone through the hits, and if we haven't gone into the heart space, then we're not going to know what love really feels like. We're not going to be able to live in a high frequency and in a high, in a, in a quality capacity with relationships with love, attract the right partnerships, attract the right success and have a Beautiful and easy flowing lifestyle away from the triggers and the reactions and the depression and the sadness, low worth, getting stuck in awful situations, limiting ourselves, holding ourselves in, blocking our heart, protecting our heart, shielding our heart, etc. 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 This path of mine has been to find myself. And I have found myself and more. And this is why I do what I do. Because we all deserve this. So if you're listening to this, I hope that this has offered some inspiration. Because we all deserve the best. And we can all have the best. And we can all reach it. It requires work. The first step is to say, I am done with second best. I'm done with this life that I've had. I'm done with these poor choices. I'm done with the limitations. I'm done feeling scared. I'm done feeling limited. I'm done being quiet and hiding in the corner. I'm done trying to prove myself. I'm done trying to fit in with society. I'm done trying to please my parents. I'm done trying to please others. Whatever your story is, There is so much more out there and I'm speaking from the future of doing this work. Now that I know, I can't believe how much was held back from me, from experiencing what I'm experiencing today and I'm not there yet a hundred percent, no, but now I know and now I get it and now I get to create what I want for who I am, what I feel drawn towards with my heart open resolving from the past, healing the family, knowing when to say no, knowing when to say yes, and designing my future accordingly. And you can have it too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the story. Thank you for being here. I am here to support you all. That is my duty. That is my job. That is what I am signing up for because I know how powerful this work is. And again, I know we all deserve it and more. I'm going to leave it here. I'm going to leave it now. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to connecting. I'm wishing you all the best on your journey. I am going to be sharing more podcasts on topics and interviews also. So hopefully you can stick around for more. Until then, I'm wishing you all the best and take care.